In an election that will determine the fate of the entire universe, there's only one podcast holding politicians accountable. Scott Morrison, Anthony Albanese. Who will lose? Find out on The Chaser Report, Election Edition. Hello and welcome to the election edition of The Chaser Report. It's Wednesday the 4th of May, 17 days until Election Day. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth. The world is falling in, Dom. Or the, the roof, the sky. The sky is falling you in. You don't even know what's I, falling I in. I can't even talk. Things are going bad. It's such a disaster. The interest rates are rising. Yes. Nobody predicted. The, nobody could have known. For the first time since, is it really 2010? It's been that long. The, what an extraordinary situation. Certainly the government could never have predicted this and put in place policy settings that allowed Australians to be able to afford it into the future. Nothing like this is just out of the blue. Well, the, the banks were like, blindsided. It took yes. them as as long as an hour or two yes. to increase their uh, interest rates. I mean, yesterday it? nobody was talking about interest rates rising, and then suddenly the RBA had their monthly meeting as scheduled, which nobody saw coming. Mm, nobody, nobody saw knew. the meeting coming. Nobody knew, and then suddenly. Interest rates are everything's rising. What's going on? You have a mortgage, don't you, Charles? I know. I've got a Sydney-sized mortgage. That's not like that's not fun size. That's the opposite of fun size. I listened to what Scott Morrison had to say about this, Charles, and you mm. don't need to worry because mm. his argument was that homeowners such as yourself had already priced this in, and the way he knew this was that we went from twenty percent to forty percent of people having fixed their mortgage. So people who could afford to fix their mortgage. Um, can I've I, done it. Can I show you? I've got an offset account. Because that, that's what one of the ministers came out yesterday and condescendingly said, well, people should set up offset accounts, you know, to be more responsible with mm. their mortgage money. Can I show you, Dom? And it's honestly true. This is my offset account. Yep. Our mortgage is due in three days' time. Look at how much money's <laughs> in our offset um, account. Charles, I think you should get a job. <laughs> 45 cents available. Well, but that still helps. Yeah. That little bit helps. Yeah. I don't own a house. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I used to, and then as soon as I sold it, houses became twice as expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're well, you're, screwed. You're feeling pretty smug at the moment. All these well, – I hate all these renters and these people who don't ha- own houses – Walking around with smiles on their face, all smug, as if somehow you're you're benefiting. But haven't you heard rents have gone up massively, and availab- availability of empty properties is like at a at a low for a long time. So that's but, that's but Dom, difficult too. But Dom, Dom, Dom. Yes, you're forgetting that we've had superb economic management for the last nine years. Mm. There's nothing wrong. You you are completely wrong. That there is anything wrong with this economy. Yes, and, and the other thing to note is that if Labor were in charge, it would mm. be a disaster. Oh, it'd, it'd be, be like, shambles. It'd be like, you know, suddenly switching on the Tesla autopilot yeah. and just going into a wall <laughs> if Albo took over. Actually, Albo, if you're listening, yeah. if you win, yes. can I just pitch a tent, like, in the gardens of the lodge? Would that be a, would yes. that be all right? Just, you know, just a tiny – you won't even notice. Yeah. Well, and it'll be partially owned by the government, which is his policy. <laughs> Can you buy the tent for me? Actually, I think I'll need it. <laughs> On today's show, economic management comes up in uh, what I'm looking at, Charles, actually, which is the worst memes 
posted by the major parties oh, over the past wow. few weeks. And oh, let's just say the economy features quite a lot. And we're talking to Katie Gallagher, who's the uh, shadow finance so, spokesperson. Yep. And so, yeah, the cost of living is going to be a big issue in that interview. Yes, and your questions answered. Um, so we've we've fielded a whole lot of questions from voters all around Australia. Mm. We're going to answer them in a really serious serious and sober way. Oh, that's so helpful. What a public service the chaser is. Yes, exactly. But before we do any of that, let's check in with Charles's daily election wrap. Hello and welcome to the election wrap for Wednesday the 4th of May. And we start today with the news that Scott Morrison is officially toast. That's right. With interest rates soaring, inflation out of control and his economic credentials shredded, there is absolutely no way he can win from here. Right? I mean, like, all the polls point to a coalition defeat. That's it. I mean, you know, Morrison is gone. To, to find an upset that big, you'd have to go all the way back to, um, well, the, the last election. I have always believed in miracles. Even Scott Morrison seems to see the writing on the wall. The pitch of his voice has moved up an entire octave in the past 48 hours. It's not back to politics. And he spent much of yesterday arguing that the government shouldn't be held accountable for rising interest rates. Which is interesting because here he is in 2008 arguing that the then Labor government should be held accountable for um, rising interest rates. And you could argue that they were somewhat successful in prosecuting an argument that if interest rates were to rise, then the government should be accountable for those things. And as a result, the government should not be elected. Morrison seems to have decided that if he can't win it, he might as well go out with a bang. According to polling conducted by the Australia Institute, 75% of Australians support setting up a federal anti-corruption commission and only 7% of people are against it. So you'd expect Morrison to promise an anti-corruption commission, even if he didn't mean it, you know, just like he did three years ago. Instead, he told Matthew Knott from the City Morning Herald that an anti-corruption commission was dangerous and launched a passionate defence of pork barrelling to allow politicians to, quote, do things needed in their communities without fearing the consequences from, quote, faceless officials. 17 days to go. That's the wrap for Wednesday the 4th of May. We'll be back in a sec. 
me and Dom. That's right. Yeah. Bring them on. So anyway, so we've we've fielded a whole lot of questions and we've got some doozies here from our listeners. So these are genuine listener questions. Yes. So the first one is from Mrs. S.L. Smith. Right. Uh, who asks, was an uncooked chicken curry the cause of the Engadine incident? Well, Charles, you called it first. I think you were the first to mm. cast aspersions yes. on the quality of the meat in Scott Morrison's strong yes. curry. Yes. Whether it had been cooked Yes, it was clearly raw. Like, it was <laughs> no, it was. The PM said it was the light shining on the chicken in an unusual way. Oh, I see. And some people ask for seconds yeah. and then experience the seconds three or four times vomiting <laughs> it up. So I think you can probably say yes. Although, isn't the point that um, Scott Morrison? There is no record of Scott Morrison ever liking curry mm. at all until he became prime minister. <clears throat> he's he's he said there was a sort of moment when they. He, you know, his PR handlers said, oh, you've got to have something that makes you look like not a racist. And and then suddenly he became Mr. Curry Man. So I would say, no, I don't think, because in the Ingerdine Maccas happened in 1997, I don't think he'd had a curry back then. But also let's not rule out the ability of any McDonald's to give someone the runs. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. Let's not be unfair on McDonald's. Now, uh, next one. Ooh, this is a good one. This is from Angry Angus. Angry Angus. Yes who says, how long will it take for Scott to blame Jenny for losing the election? Jenny and the girls, be Jenny fair. Jenny and the girls, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think he'll do it during his concession speech, won't he? Like, won't he blame <laughs> Dan Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Anastasia Palaszczuk? Well, I think that'll be, that the Murdoch press will blame Dan Andrews. And Mark McGowan. And Mark McGowan. Mm. But I It think won't be Scott's fault. If, if he loses... It definitely won't no, be him. It no. will be if the voters will have gotten it wrong and yes. let him down. Yeah, so it's not even Jenny's fault, really. Actually, Jenny probably voted for the other candidate. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> at this point, David Peepers uh, asks, "Why does Barnaby Joyce keep getting re-elected? Is there something in the water in New England?" I think it's called conservatism. I don't know. I've heard that he's a very, very attentive local member. Yes, he's his very, member very, is extremely yeah. active in the electorate, and he's uh, you know he's. You know, man of traditional family values, which explains why he's got so many of them. Hmm. Yeah, I think basically, if you live in that electorate, Barnaby comes and drinks at your local on a weekly basis, no matter where you are. He goes through them all. Now, Doctor Wes, this is the next question. Doctor Wes, what happened to Christian Porter? I could tell you, <laughs> yes, but you'd have to put a million dollars in my blind trust. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because I mean, did we ever find out whether? There was money left over in his blind trust after he got all the. I don't, no, because it's blind. I mean, yeah. anything could have been could happen with that. He did actually appeal uh, one of the decisions last week. I happened to know. Oh, did he? It was in court again. Yeah. Um, Why would you want to keep <laughs> beating that drum? I mean, well, we've seen a lot of self harming defamation cases yeah. recently, and Ben Robert Smith take a bow, mate. Mm. But the Christian Porter one, he's immolated yeah. his career over it. No, but I think this one was about that. Um, Remember they chucked the barrister off the case? They got the barrister chucked off the case because mm. of the thing. And I think they're appealing the costs ruling. Because oh, the costs yes. ruling is like half a million dollars. So that might be one where you want to sort of go, um, yeah, could we just try and get some money back? Gosh, I hope Joe Dyer's got a blind trust too <laughs> in case she loses. Well, we should get her on the podcast. We should. Yeah, we okay. should we have before. We'll get her again. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. This is a good one. How many? This is from... At how many eggings on Twitter? Oh, um, what is the best genital to draw on my ballot card? 
Well, I think in this mm. in this day of um, being aware of, of gender as a spectrum, yeah, no, it was traditionally just the dick. But mm. I think you should no. draw every genital you can think of. Yes, uh, it really is a spectrum from mm. left to right. Yes, I mean, I, I always um, draw a, a clitoris on my ballot paper, just, you know, for gender equity purposes and, you know, just to balance things up. But um, apparently the counters can never find it. <laughs> you can just draw Peter Dutton. They'll know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, next question is John Leo 615 who asks, what is Peter Dutton? Well, have they, taken, look, a, the have, have they taken a biopsy? Well, no, well, the answer is very clear, which is uh, he can be lots of things. He can be a hash brown, he can be French fries, he can be mashed potato, he can be... I mean, there's there's a hot roast, baked... Well, you know what he can't be? What? Prime Minister, because he can't count. <laughs> okay, we'll have two more questions. Second last question is Matt Haggis, 666, who asks, if Labor win, who will be the first to backstep? Well, I mean, it's not going to happen, so I don't think we need. It doesn't even matter. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's right. wouldn't it be amazing if Albo stabbed himself? Yeah, you know, it's never happened before. No, but Albo was the one who was always against all the backstabbing. Yeah, he remember? was the one who cried because yeah. they hurt Kevin. He was the one yeah. person who was worried about Kevin Rudd's feelings in all of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I know the answer to this. What, um, is, the, what is the answer? Well, you might remember there's been a bit of a debate during the, the campaign about you know why Bill Shorten and Tanya Plibersek weren't really used very much. The mm. answer obviously being they lost last time by a huge amount. Um, but Tanya Plibersek came out and said there's no problem here. Um, Albo and I are great friends. We're in adjoining electorates. We've been good mates since, since I was 14. So clearly Tanya Plibersek yeah. is going to be the <laughs> first to wield the knife. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Uh, there you go. Your question's answered. We might do another um, segment of this uh, before the end. So c- please keep, keep the questions coming. Um, Where do we submit them? Uh, just go to our Twitter account and we've set up a, a, a question uh, where you can like there's a thread which where we ask you to you know to ask questions but stupid questions only Hey there it's Michelle Norris I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen When I travel I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home and one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that When I was in California recently I rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home but you're not always at home you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Election news you can't trust. The Chaser Report. Now, Charles, cost of living's been a bit of a factor in this campaign, hasn't it? Just, uh, just uh, a minor point that people have been discussing here and there. I haven't noticed it. I, like, I'm just used to to spending twenty bucks on a piece of broccoli. Yeah, no, I've just looked at my bank balance and there's nothing there. And I, yeah. This is the only possible way yeah. life could be. But maybe there is another way. We have with us uh, Shadow Finance Minister and uh, Senator for the ACT, Katie Gallagher. Katie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back on. Now. Katie Gallagher, interest rates are soaring, inflation is through the roof, everything's going up in price. What has Labor been doing about cost of living pressures for the past nine years? Yeah, well, if you listen to Scott Morrison, it is all our fault or (laughs) 
if it's not Labor's fault, it's the state's fault or somebody else's fault. But, mm. yeah, you're, this has been an issue that, yeah, has been around for a while now. Like, it's not just something that's happened in the last month, as the Prime Minister would have you believe. And I think the real pressure comes from people's wages not keeping up. I mean, prices are going to go up, but if your wages aren't going up, that's actually what's creating the real pressure. And that's why it's probably the number one issue on the campaign, um, you know, for the last three weeks or so. It's the thing everyone keeps raising wherever you go. Surely you understand that this is all international factors' fault. Scott Morrison is <laughs> not at all to blame yes. here for his management of the economy. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny when you watch him, as I have over the last few years, like whenever there's any good news, you've got to get out of the way between him and a camera and a microphone. He'll steamroll you in an attempt to, you know, get get in front of it and say how great his economic plan is working. But the minute it gets a bit dodgy or the, the news isn't so good, um, the finger pointing starts going around. Like, yeah, there's international factors for sure, but it's not everything. And their wage policy, deliberate design feature to keep wages low, is now coming home to hurt them. I don't know. I reckon there's a little bit of a hypocrisy there. You accuse Morrison of not taking responsibility for things, but at the same time, you're not even prepared to take responsibility for the last nine years of him and, and the coalition government being prime minister. Like, you're not taking responsibility either. Where does the buck stop yes. for Morrison's prime ministership, <laughs> Paddy Gallagher? Not, if not you. Yeah, well, again, like we are often the source of his attention when it comes to deflecting blame, like the National Anti-Corruption Commission. Apparently that's our fault that he can't introduce a bill into the parliament um, because we won't support it. Not that that stopped him attempting other pieces of legislation. But, yeah, no, I, I take our fair share of the blame then if if, if that's, you know, like <laughs> Morrison blaming us because he, his economic plan isn't working. You know, yeah, that makes complete logical sense to me. I've also been wondering, were you the person that put all that, all that money in Christian Porter's slush fund? Yes. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> we'll never know because it's blind. <laughs> As a side note, presumably he set the precedent. Any politician can just take donations and go, oh, I didn't know who it was from, so therefore I don't have to declare it. Have you started doing that? Do you just take bribes now and, and say, oh, no, it's blind? Not at all. Mm. Not at all. Uh, I, I, well, you I should. Think it's a, well, look, I think it's a sign of, you know, maybe you're doing something right in politics if you don't have a need for one of those funds. I mean, let's remember why he had to get the fund going because he was busy suing everybody, I think, from memory. Um, so, yeah. No, I haven't had any need for one. Uh, at all, and I'm not sure I would, I don't know, be able to raise that sort of cash. <laughs> Who do we have to pay to get a federal ICAC, by the way, to look at yeah, this sort yeah. of stuff? Because I think if we just, if the yeah. nation just held its nose and paid that person, yes, then from then on the system would actually we, be we bribe some scrutiny. We bribe someone to set up a federal ICAC, <laughs> and then the first their first job we can be look at the bribes that we gave. <laughs> Well, on a serious point, though, we do need one of those National Anti-Corruption Commissions. I've been surprised how many people have raised it with me, actually, you know, as I'm out and about on the campaign. We got you to talk about cost of living increases mm-hmm. and things like that. That's why you're here today. And yeah. and your solution is increasing wages. Now, but wages are a function of worker power, right? And mm-hmm. Scott Morrison keeps on pointing out wages have nothing to do with the government at all. It's not his responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's just nothing to do with it. Yeah, they, apparently they, a prime minister nothing, can't affect this yeah, this policy at all. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> like, why why are you even bothering to talk about wages? Yeah, well, it sort of makes you wonder why you even bother to show up if if mm. the government well, can't doesn't. really <laughs> do any, do well exactly not when you need him. 
if you can't do anything about anything, then, you know, what is mm. the point? You know, and then the flip side is why did Matthias Corman say that low wages were a deliberate design feature of their economic architecture? I mean, so they're having it one way, but on the other way, no, nothing, they can't do anything. But, but, like, but what you actually can you do? Like, are you going to – because for me it's like, well, wages are a function of – workers power right and there's no like unions hardly exist anymore like how are you going to actually increase work i mean being a little bit serious for a second yeah yeah sure how do you actually increase workers power so that they can actually bargain for higher wages well um so there's a couple of things because it is about getting wages going but it's also about having the policy settings right in a couple of other areas but if you start with wages I think, um, you know, and Tony's outlined, Tony Burke for us. Yeah, our he was on the kind of, podcast last oh, week. Yeah. yeah, radio. Okay, so there are some things you can do with the Fair Work Commission um, and looking at some of the um, problems we've got with insecure work because that's definitely a problem. If you speak in aged care, for example, there's the claims that are before the Fair Work Commission, you know, um, Scott Morrison will say, well, there's nothing you can do to influence the Fair Work Commission. Well, I think that's probably news to all the uh, business and unions who provide submissions to it and actually argue the case um, and put evidence before it. Um, So there's things the government uh, can do there. And then I think the other side of it is, and this is where we've got a gripe with the government as well, which is, you know, they've got no long-term plan about, you know, skilling people up for the the good jobs that are coming out, you know, our way in sort of advanced manufacturing. They're not seizing the opportunities that come from cheaper and renewable energy and the jobs that come with that. Um, you know, they're not putting the investments in the care economy, which is another area of massive opportunity in terms of jobs growth. And it, I think it's all of those settings. And the government does have a role to play mm. there. Um, you know, this government oh, yeah. comes with the view that they just want to keep wages low. And I think, you know, we're seeing the results of that. So they definitely influence. Mm. Okay, well, to, okay. be, to be fair, some workers for coalition in parliament have had some very big payouts recently. <laughs> yeah, they're not giving all wages. Look, we're trained journalists here mm. at The Chaser. Yeah. And economists. And so it's very important that we put the counterfactual, like the, the other side of the argument, which is mm-hmm. so interest rates are going up, cost of living's going up. That means businesses are hurting. Surely a more sensible solution to the cost of living crisis is to cut wages. Mm. You know, by passing, say, the Coalition's omnibus bill, there's going to be a whole bill to try and cut penalty rates after the election under the Coalition, get wages down because executive remuneration bonuses don't pay for themselves. Yeah, if you pay top executives more, uh, yes. then they'll have more disposable income to fritter away on the small people. Yes, to trickle down. Yes, well, we've seen, I think we've seen a bit of that in the last few years. Profits are up, wages have flatlined, and look where we are, you know, and people mm. are pretty... Yeah, we're in a good situation. Can I say pretty pissed about it? Like, maybe I'm not like... Am I not like is is clear, that a trickle-down you know? joke, Katie Gallagher? <laughs> hey, pissed. Okay. <laughs> it was an accidental one, but... Um, <laughs> You know, like they are, like they're they're pretty cranky out on the streets because they get it when they go, you know, pay for their childcare, put the petrol in the car. Like you said, you know, buy your groceries. I mean, I my kid, I've got a sixteen year old. He's basically carb loads the whole time, right? So you got to buy a lot of bread and cheese. Mm. I bought some cheese the other day. It was thirteen dollars a block, and it's like, wow, okay, you know, like it is hitting everybody every time they go and pay for something, and. 
And I think if you've got a prime minister says, you know, sorry, um, not my economic plan, that's someone else's economic plan, mm. whoever it is I'm pointing the finger at, they're, they're getting tired <laughs> the, of that. The cost of Daffin was soaring. Oh, will the Albanese Labor government commit to paying for a certain percentage of every block of cheese that I buy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I shouldn't. It's probably risky making it about your own, your own grocery <laughs> shopping. But it's just like if we run out of cheese, it's big, big bad news in my house. Can, can I ask, though, because in terms of cost of living, um, housing is everyone's most uh, significant expense, really. And your leader unveiled a policy on the weekend to uh, to get the government involved in in buying houses for the most needy. Um, I think it's capped at something like ten thousand people or something like that. Though, is it ambitious enough given the extent of the problem? I mean, we have a situation where mm. essentially anyone under the age of I don't know thirty five. Yes. thinks that there's no chance they'll ever own a house. And yes. uh, some of us are a little bit older, struggle with that as as well. Should Labor mm. be going f- um, harder on things like social housing? Yeah, well, look, absolutely. The housing affordability crisis is real. And you're right, anyone under 30, I think, has just basically given up and they don't even have it factored in their life plan that they will own a house. We're not pretending there's one policy that's going to deal with this. But I think the broader point, again, and this goes back to our frustration with the Prime Minister about never his responsibility, is, you know, we need to get a national housing strategy. We need the states and territories and the councils at the table. They've got, you know, the levers around land supply um, and some of the arrangements they work in. And we've got to all pull in the same direction, which is, you know, look at how we make housing more affordable for those that want to get into the market. Look at how we support people who are renting. I mean, there's so many different kind of points to enter and and work together on. But we've had, again, nine years of a government that thinks if you don't want to rent, buy a house. Um, And it's completely out of touch with what's happening for people in their real lives. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a number of policies is essentially the short answer to that. Do you ever think the economy is such a basket case that perhaps it's it's better to not take over? <laughs> like that it might be better to just leave it up to the coalition so you don't have to deal with the soaring interest rates, <laughs> stagnant wages, inflation, you know, housing crisis. Like there's so many things to do. Yeah. You think maybe yeah. it just might be better to just duck this one? <laughs> You're saying that to me at the halfway point of a pretty, pretty rugged election campaign. So the um, the real answer is absolutely not. Like we are up for the challenge. Yeah, we're not pretending that you're. if we were fortunate enough to win that we walk in and day one and all these problems are no longer there. Oh, well, that's, um, a that's, huge, what, that's a huge problem. Like you've now, that's a gap. That's a gap. You've just made a gap. <laughs> I loved the um, the Sky News debate uh, to my surprise, and one of the things that was there was really a consensus about between um, Morrison and, and Albanese is Labor does the big stuff, and then the coalition coasts for a bit um, after that <laughs> happens, and they say you know pay the bills and sort out the economy. If Albo wins, how many years do you think Labor gets? Before the coalition comes in and coasts for a decade again. <laughs> <laughs> well, our plan is to be a really good government. Learn from, you know, previous experiences and, like, offer the Australian people a, a good government with, you know, firmly a view on them and their issues. Um, but, yeah, it's a very convenient way of rewriting history when you've had a, the Libs who've opposed essentially all of those major reforms bar the NDIS, I think, and they only came to that reluctantly, to then turn around and go, yeah, yeah, no, we, we agreed with all of it. Um, it's just... Yeah, he's very good at rewriting history and uh, trying to have the glib line to to sort of skate on his way on through. But 
hopefully, um, you know, we'll be able to uh, hold him to account through this campaign. We're doing our best. Now, the polls are looking pretty good for Labor at the moment. Uh, but one of the interesting things about it is women have moved massively against Morrison. But men haven't. They're, they're basically pegging at the same level of support that they had for Morrison three years ago. Now, what, what is wrong with women that they can't see what a top bloke Morrison is? Well, I would argue they probably um, have been watching for the past few years, three years at least, and they've made their mind up. Um, you know, I, I don't know so much about polls. What do you reckon? I, I really try not to look at them um, I, they were never a feature of sort of my early political years in the ACT, so I like to go by gut instinct on these things. So I, I don't watch the, I really don't watch the polls that much, but I, I would say the women have it right on this one. Well, the the betting markets are basically a dollar thirty to Labor, and it's now blown out to about three dollars or three dollars twenty for the coalition. Aren't these ominous signs for Labor based yeah. on twenty nineteen? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what everyone was saying about Bill Shorten. So. So, um, yeah. so what are you planning to do when you lose? <laughs> we're not planning on losing, and again, like no way. We we are planning. We're we're working our butts off, man, to try and uh, bring this home. We we just think there's a real opportunity with comes with the change of government, and I hope we can convince most of Australia that that's the right way to vote. Um, we'll do our best over the next few days. Final thing I'm keen to know, Katie, is um, the last new Labor Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd got two years do you think Labor's learnt from that experience if they do get another new PM in the lodge yes okay <laughs> <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Rigging elections since before it was cool. The Chaser Report. Now, Charles, do you know what day it is today? Oh, no. It's Star Wars Day. Oh. The day that emerged from a shithouse pun, May the 4th be with you, oh. Charles. And that means this is the third anniversary mm. of one of the dankest memes in the history of Australian politics uh, when the Liberal Party official account on the 4th of May 2019 tweeted, the economy is strong with this one, and a picture of Scott Morrison with a lightsaber. Uh, so I thought we'd look today at whether any of the major parties dared to follow up with similar content oh, this time okay. around. Yep. And while a lot of people have been looking at the very attractive pictures of the Met Gala, let mm. me say that the Meme Gala is not nearly as hot. <laughs> um, so, third anniversary, 
the Liberals followed it up with a sequel, really. They've got Anthony Albanese in a Darth Maul kind of Sith hood. What? And a red lightsaber. The economy is weak with this one. Oh, no, that is not true. And it says, I have a bad feeling about this. So um, <laughs> clearly the same geniuses are still running the Instagram account for the Liberals. Six comments when I checked earlier today. The first one was, keep that terrible content coming, fellas. <laughs> so what do you do if you were Labor? Charles, if you were in charge of Labor's Instagram, would you um, acknowledge the 4th no, of May at all? The first rule of political memeing is to not buy into the other people's frames. And, you know, the Libs have set this up as a terrible thing to do. You don't just then copy. like that. Oh, wait a minute, it's the Labor Party. Yeah, oh. the Labor Party. <laughs> not only did they copy it. But yeah. they copied it without a joke. Have a look at this. Oh, this, no. They've got another Photoshop of Albo with oh. a lightsaber as a Jedi. This one's blue. It just says, Labor, a better future. May the fourth be with you. It's not even attempting to have a pun. You right. can't do memes without They're puns, just stolen Labor. the Liberal Party's meme. They only got 13 comments, and half of the comments, Charles, oh, no. made the point that they'd posted it early at 10 p.m. on the 3rd of May. On the 3rd of May. Oh, they, <laughs> they got the numbers wrong. They couldn't even get There's that right. Fucking, you got to wait till the 4. Remember the word 4. 4. Yeah. So Labor copied it yeah. worse and yeah. at the wrong time. That yeah. bodes very poorly for a potential yeah. Albanese government. But then they doubled down. They, they put even more. They've got um, Australians after a decade of flat wages and now rising prices under the Liberals and Morrison. Picture of Lando Calrissian. Uh, this deal is getting worse all the time. Again, oh, no that, pun. Oh, no, but that's all right because Lando Caruso. No, it's the deal. Because remember, Lando. It's did an that analogy, yeah. but it's not a pun. I what, what I want is shit puns. Fortunately, though, their third. Okay. They went for a third one. Yeah. This is a shit pun. It's Scott Morrison hugging the Death Star with mm. the Liberal logo on it. The Death Star. That's no moon. It's Morrison's massive debt. Uh, so now they're starting to deliver at this uh, point. Wait a minute. So under their in their Star Wars universe, <laughs> Morrison is a Sith. Is that yeah, right? he's built the Death Star, which seems unlikely. Scott Morrison oh, doesn't finish infrastructure yeah. project. <laughs> no, that's why the Death Star was always half built. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, and it got asterisks. Uh, remember, yeah. Morrison doubled the debt before COVID. But to be honest, there's very little from Labor in terms of dank memes. There's very few shit puns. There's mm. very few pop culture analogies. Mm. At one point, someone. Uh, tweeted Scott Morrison explaining his plan to fix the rising cost of living and it's just a Simpsons meme. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas with Ned Flanders. Mm. So, again, no puns. Not impressive at all. But you know what, Charles? The Liberals mm. are posting enough dank memes and crappy puns for all the other parties put together. Uh, th instead of the, what is it, the Elden Scrolls, it's the Labor Scrolls for Oblivious what? with Albony on the video what? game what? cover. They went to town right. on a parody of, of New Idea called No Idea, Anthony's secret move to power share with it, Greens it, and Independents. It, it, look, can I just ask you whether the effort to reward ratio is any good? Like, does anyone see these memes? Well, where are you getting these memes They're from? all from the official Liberal Party Instagram account, and they've all got hundreds of likes. Right. But the question is, are they, are they changing anybody's vote? No. I mean, if, you, if you're yeah. not sure about the Liberty, you follow their account and just say, oh, that was a quality New, new Idea pun, quick mm. and easy recipe for a weak economy. Mm. I'm going to vote on the basis of that. And this is the thing. They've just the extraordinary amount would, of ways of banging on about uh, Albo and the economy. Why would New Idea be running a recipe for a weak economy? Well, because it's Albo's no idea, Charles. Okay. It's satire.
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, I just ready through some of the other ones. Instead of Stranger Things, they've got a video Uncosted Things. They're not even trying uh, to do a play on words. Oh no! They've got a Labor perfume called Weak Economy. Albo yeah. is James Bond. They call me 007. Zero balance budget, zero plan for the economy, and seven higher taxes. Instead of the Incredibles, they've got the Incompetence with Albo and Tanya Plibersek as the Incredibles. It just keeps going. Instead of Finding well, Nemo, it's Lying Albo. Can you stop this? I don't want to hear this anymore. But do you know the best thing that they've done, yeah. Charles? And what? this is, is that much of the Liberal Party's Instagram account is mm. simply reproductions of News Corp front covers. They've literally just <laughs> like, for instance, it's oh, not that's, so that's, Albanese. That's re- that's the real set. There's in heaps election. of them. Yeah. So every time there's a News Corp anti-elbow cover, they just post it from the Liberal account. Clive Palmer has actually done the best one, oh, which wow. is he's photoshopped okay. together, yeah, Albo and Scott Morrison as mm. the same person as a generic white guy. Oh, that's um, which would would yeah. work if he and Craig Kelly were not also generic white generic guys. white guys. But uh, the shittest memes of all um, are the Greens. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Why does that somehow not surprise me? To me, the Greens are the people that were really earnest at university. Yes. That, that's, that's who And they've I, all gotten together in a little earnestness bubble. For yeah. instance, the lack of they, self-awareness. I would be surprised if they wanted to do memes. Well, they, like, they don't do memes that are attacking or making fun of the opponents at all. Isn't that just a waste of carbon? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, this is. They've, <laughs> you remember the So Fresh um, like album collection of greatest hits for many, many years? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done a parody of that. <laughs> so Fresh, green hits of the election 2022. It's got like sunflowers and tax the billionaires, dental and mental health and Medicare, wipe student debt. So their ideas are so fresh with a parody of albums from the 90s. Oh, I see. So they're sort of, instead of a negative... Yeah, they're doing positive memes. memes. Yeah, positive memes. <laughs> it doesn't memes. make any sense. Yeah, okay. it, except that would w- really work well as a negative meme put out by somebody else. Yes. Because it'd be like, so fresh. You could just so retweet <laughs> all yeah. the Greens memes and make yeah. fun of them. Yeah. But the best just one of in all... A, in a sarcastic voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that they actually um, shared on Instagram a picture of a marijuana leaf with a 1970s style... Uh, graphic saying legalised cannabis, oh. which I cannot believe the Chaser didn't put out as a parody first. <laughs> well, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? So the bottom line is, Charles, on May the 4th, yeah. everyone who works in social media for a major party should be cast into the Sarlacc pit mm. for a slow and painful death. I hate you, Dom. Don't hate the player, I hate the game. Our gear is from Rode Microphones. We're part of the ACAST Crowder Network. May the 4th. <laughs> Be with oh, it's so bad. No, just no. The last three movies were shit anyway. Shut up, go away.